Hey there, welcome to the Culture Vacuum Podcast. I'm your host, Samuel, and with me as always is my co-host, Calvin. Hey, it's uh, it, it, it's me, Calvin. Uh, welcome back, Sam, to the Culture Vacuum Podcast. I'm your co-host, Salvin, Calvin, and uh, with me is my host, Salvin. Uh, Sam Samuel. And thank you for introducing me, Calvin. I'd like to introduce my co-host, Calvin. Yeah. Welcome to the Culture Vacuum Podcast. <laughs> I'm wondering, so if this is someone's first time listening to it, do you think they've given up? <laughs> I've always wondered. It's 30 seconds in. Uh, yeah. There is the skip forward button. That's true. So I'm hoping that they used it, which means that we're getting them right about now. So welcome back yes. from the skip forward. You did miss a lot of bullshit. There's no point going back. Uh, but however... I'm your co-host, Samuel. <laughs> and with me, as always, is my co-host, Calvin. Yeah, I'm your co-host, Calvin. is with me, And with me, as always, is my co-host, uh, Samuel, was it? Did I get that right? Yes, okay. Samuel, and uh, this is the Culture Vacuum Podcast, and with me as always is my co-host, Calvin. Yeah, and um, I am actually now the host, and with me is my co-host, uh, Calvin. <laughs> it's nice to be here. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys, everyone everyone just got a lesson in reverse psychology. Uh, Sam is now Calvin. He, I, I've really pulled the wool out from under him or over his eyes either either or um but but that's just a quick lesson in how you can uh persuade people uh for the youngins anyways this is the culture vacuum podcast i am the co-host calvin and with me is the host of the podcast i believe let me just give me a sec okay is it is it is it samuel am i pronouncing that right uh you're about you're about there okay <laughs> Calvin, did... I want to open. I want to open this movie podcast. Is that what it is? <laughs> it's a culture podcast. It's a culture podcast. I want to open this culture podcast. I want to open this culture podcast where we talk about movies with talking mm-hmm. about my new phone. Yes, because I love it. Sam, so you much. got a you got a very fancy, a very high tech new device. Yes, I, it's called the Nokia thirty three ten. It has a eight-day battery life. Uh, Jesus. You can stretch that to ten days, though, if you turn your screen brightness all the way down. I... <laughs> uh, you're you're going to go full with T9, this one. <laughs> T9 dialing, mm-hmm. uh, full 2G connectivity. How many digits do you have on there? Is it, ten, is it a ten-digit pad? Ten digits plus a hang-up and a mm-hmm. pickup button. Oh, that's a, new, that's a that's a rare one. Typically, you'll, you'll get the hang-up, right? Of course, they do force you to answer the calls, but on this one, on this brand-new spanking model, you can you can actually decide to answer a call. Yes, and it has a headphone jack that you can plug in <laughs> for an earpiece. <laughs> Which is, believe it or not, a rarity in today's, in today's yeah. mobile world. But no, I got the new iPhone. Yeah. Does that one and, have... That one doesn't uh, have a headphone jack, right? No headphone jack, no. no is it still it lightning? Uh, yes, it is still lightning. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> another year, another lightning port. <laughs> but uh, no, yesterday, so my friend uh, Sarah, she does like a little bit of modeling. So uh, we went to the park yesterday and we shot some photos. Mm-hmm. And Calvin, I sent you a link if you want to click and look at them. Yeah, uh, let's do this but... live because I haven't seen it yet. Uh, so yeah. let me get this. Because, like, you know, every iPhone is basically the same. It's a good phone, has its limits, but, you know, if Mm -hmm. you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. This camera, though, is offensively good. 
I'm gonna turn up my uh my brightness too. Yeah, I sent Calvin the best looking pictures, but just everything we took yesterday, I was astounded by it. Okay, shared photos not available. (laughs) Is that what the link says? Yes. (laughs) So to be, (laughs) you spent you spent all this time hyping it up, and and to be fair, like on my side. I have a, those of you who know a podcast history know I have the shittiest interconnect, internet connection uh, currently available in the continental United States. Uh, however, when it was able to load, it says shared photos not available. I'm going to go ahead and click OK. Yeah, no, it just takes you to <laughs> iCloud.com. That's weird because I, I made it. I don't know why I didn't do that. Well, anyway. Hyped up for no reason. Pictures. However, I'll I did see sense- other photos. You sent me earlier you sent me some other ones and i will say about those ones the closest comparison i can make to this camera it's it's like you put like an apple filter on a pixel 3 test shot essentially yeah yeah, yeah it's like it's different it's different color science but exactly that's exactly what i meant yeah. for for years the, i'm just sending you a bunch of pictures now in our in, in dms whenever they get to you oh okay uh, but for years the pixel photos were just the best yeah, they're super compressed, but see, they're this 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 fucking camera though. I can't believe how fun it is. Like, yeah, the it's the first. So every year, the telephoto camera on iPhones is just bad. You shouldn't use it. This is the first year where I was taking telephoto photos and standard photos. And so what I did was I had my friend sit down, took a telephoto close up. Then I went to the standard lens, walked closer to her, took the same, took a similar photo. You can't tell the difference between the wide angle and the telephoto anymore, which is what you would want because ideally the telephoto should just be a zoomed in version of, yeah, the telephoto should just be a zoomed in version of what you want with the same resolution. And always uh, the telephoto lens in the iPhone, it was a lot noisier. Uh, it was just it was just a worse camera. It but didn't now... feel as native. I feel like I, I think it was yeah. it did the job of doing the whole you know technical two times zoom or whatever. But then it, you're right when you compare it to a wide angle shot. There's clearly something that was being done, or it wasn't precisely like a, a zoom in with a lens. It was more of like a digital enhancement sort of zoom. That's what yeah, I was. So I, I just say. I just sent you the two photos of uh, the close-up with her. Oh, yeah. No, he... So, what Sam explained is pretty much uh, correct. The only difference I would say is the wide angle obviously gets more on the top, just because it's able to reach, like, a higher vertical and lower. Um, but otherwise, yeah. if, like, if you were to crop just... that, like, if you were to crop that wide angle, it, you'd get that essential effect. Because I think it was also the positioning yeah. of the camera a little bit. Yeah, there's a bit there's a bit of a fisheye on it, but it's not as dramatic with the ultra-wide. The ultra-wide mm-hmm. lens this year, it's like the old telephotos. It's definitely a worse camera. Uh, <laughs> but when you give it a lot of, when you give it a lot of light, you yeah. don't really care. And you can't tell, when you give the, when you give the ultra-wide a lot of light, you'll get all that detail. It's just when it gets dark is when it kind of falls to shit. But it's so fun you won't care. The telephoto was always really boring. But yeah. this year, they've just made it a better camera, and they gave you a really fun ultra-wide to, to play and around with. with. And if you get and if you get the iPhone 11, you'll get that ultra-wide. So you have the uh, 11 Pro, though, right? Yes. Okay. Is I, the I got ultra-wide the 11 Pro only, for the side. Is, is ultra-wide only on the back, or is it on the front and back? Uh, 
uh, the front has a wider angle, but it's not super wide. It, it is wider, though, than yeah. years past. It's more like a group selfie kind of camera shot. Yeah. Okay. No, it's it, it's super fun, though. Uh, we took, like, 100 pictures or something. Uh, I'm definitely going to play around with these. Maybe put the, put a video together, I'm hoping, if I can find the time to do it. Yeah, and but, I'm just, like, uh, if you just looking at this, when, what I kind of explained with it being... I mean, at this point, cameras have kind of gotten... If you're buying a phone that's, like, fairly premium, chances are the camera's going to take a fine photograph, but there's clearly ones that kind of rise to the cream of the crop. I'd say up here in comparison to what I know from my own Pixel 3, it's, it's like, no context. At this point, it is purely aesthetic as to what you prefer. And I would even maybe say your night sight on the Apple device seems to be doing a better job at color correction than my Pixel 3 does. With its night sight, yeah, and, which is more software-influenced. Yeah, and I, there were definitely pictures I took yesterday that weren't great. Like, uh, one of the earlier shots, we took, like, the sun bled into it, and it didn't. the HDR didn't do as good a job. So, like, it's still hit and miss mm-hmm. in places, but this phone hits harder than any iPhone I've ever used <clears throat> in terms of just, like... And the misses, uh, the night sight is also... Uh, it took some getting used to for me to get good shots. Like I took some great night shots, night sight shots, night sorry night mode shots yesterday. Oh, and then some pretty. Bad <laughs> I've got ones. you using different uh terminal. So is it night mode for Apple, and then night sight is Google? Yeah, yeah, but it's okay. still night mode. Yeah. yeah, essentially, Google just branded it. Yeah, I took some really great night mode photos and some bad ones. You do have to understand the camera's limitations, uh, but. Overall, very, very pleased with this camera. If you are thinking of upgrading to, if you have, if you're an iPhone fan, you're going to get this camera or a version of it eventually. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you're someone who really cares about mobile photography, uh, you sh- owe it to yourself to consider the iPhone, no matter how much you hate Apple for whatever <laughs> reason. And I will say, it's um, that in, good. In, in terms of like the camera technology itself, I think we need to kind of think about it in two different ways. Uh, with Apple, they've always been taking pretty decent photography, but they've also had a hard focus on hardware influencing that photography. They were able to make a premium device that has these very good components and takes very good pictures, and then it was partially influenced by software, but not nearly as much as Google's has been. So like, if we look at my Pixel 3, for instance, it has one lens on the back, and that's it, right? All of the enhancements that go into the photography and the people, the things that people liked were all based in that software and how well Google is at its image, you know, uh, algorithms and all that information it's getting from you doing your capture tests and all that essentially it's using now uh, to influence photography. Whereas I feel like Apple, <clears throat> it's just been kind of a slow grind at getting the hardware right. And then developing the photography science and the software. So it sounds like and they're they really sh- getting there this, with this one. And they struggled. Like, the 10 and the 10s photos, they weren't really that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 11 series, I think, is the best iPhones ever. And it's not just, like, a year over year. Like, it's a significant leap. The way I describe Apple's design structure is they keep the same silhouette around for three years now instead of two. And yeah. by doing that, they're able to perfect it in that third year. So you get the S1, which looks exactly the same, but they just update the internals with this it's the same design but completely different glass completely different camera design completely different screen uh Mm -hmm. 
and across the 11 and the 11 Pro, I don't think you can go wrong if you upgrade this year because 5G is coming next year. Rumor is the next iPhone will have 5G next year. The thing is, though, 5G is going to be really bad for a really long time. Yeah, it's completely dependent upon the infrastructure of where you live. Like, you can get a 5G phone and enjoy that. Heck, even sign up for the plan all you want. But if you don't have the antennas (laughs) that are providing you that signal, then you're shit out of luck anyways. It's not even that, though. It's like uh, when you do have a 5G phone, it sucks power. It's really inconsistent in places. It's going to take a long time for 5G to be worth using. So my my thought on this, yeah. (laughs) yeah, my thoughts on this are like, I'll get the best possible iPhone I can right now, and I'll wait two years for 5G to figure itself out. Or I'll wait three years for whatever iPhone 12 next year is for the perfect version of that design in three years. So I don't have to wait for them to work whatever issues are with it. Like the, so t- the you are design, anticipating a hardware overhaul with the 12 then? The rumors are pointing at it, yeah. Okay. But yeah, like the, the 10 design was kind of bad, and this phone <laughs> is just – it's so much better in yeah. every regard. Like it feels – like the, the back class, it's like a jewel kind of. I like uh, what you say, like <clears throat> when you were saying specifically like – Apple is now holding on to the form factor for three years and then just improving on that. When I, I feel like there's this... People really like stuff looking new and cutting edge, and I get that. But if these companies actually hang on to their design... And, I mean, Apple not only does this with the iPhones, but, I mean, they did it with the iPads. Heck, the iPad Mini 5 looks exactly like the iPad Mini fucking 3. <laughs> from you iPad know, Mini 1, really. Yeah, from generations ago. But what really is the what really like you know gets consumers is the fact that the internals are so upgraded and so tested and so like okay we've been doing this yeah, for years you... we know now exactly what works is when we can put the best of everything into this one device so I think that I think that's you the better way to go. Literally cannot. No, you literally ahead. cannot buy a better small tablet than the iPad Mini Five. Oh, absolutely fucking not. (laughs) Like, iPad OS is the only operating system, in my opinion, that really even gets, like, a consumer, you know, tablet experience, right? I mean, looking at the... I think Samsung has a series as well that's okay, but it's not anything like... I mean, even looking at the Google Pixel Slates or whatever, those were having issues, and Android OS running on a pad system just doesn't work, so... When they really get the operating system working well and the hardware is so developed, I mean, no one else can compete. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you know, g- get an iPhone if you like mobile. If you like mobile photography, the Pixel Four is coming out in like two weeks, I think. So uh, y- we've already it, seen the, the it. Race, <laughs> we've the seen race, it from every well, fucking we angle. We haven't seen the photos yet, so it Ooh, could tie true. the iPhone Eleven. It could go just ahead of it, but. I can recommend this phone with no reservations. Like the battery life, we I was about fully charged when we started shooting. We mm-hmm. shot pretty nonstop for like an hour or two, and then by the time I got home, my battery was only seventy percent. Yeah. So there you go. It's yeah, and like I went from the 10s Max to the 11 <clears throat> to the 11 Pro, so I went from the big phone to the small phone, and I wanted the small phone, and my battery life is about the same on the small phone. And if you're mm-hmm. someone who likes big phones for some reason. The 11 Pro Max battery is just insane. For some reason. <laughs> just yeah. just the slightest hint of shade. <laughs> yeah, no, my aunt. 
<laughs> my aunt's also upgrading this year. Uh, she holds onto her phones until they die, and yeah. so she didn't want. She want, She was like, you know what? I'm getting it. I'm going to get the best one I possibly can because I'm going to hold on to it for five years. I'm someone who's going to hold on to it for two or three. So for her, she she got the 11 Pro Max, even though the 11 probably would have been best for her. Mm-hmm. But at least she can take good dog photos, I guess. Oh, absolutely. You'll take you'll take the best dog photos on an iPhone. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that a? Am I thinking of the right one? That was there was a commercial that had like a dog in it, and it was. I mean, we're seeing so. The, the reason I bring this up is the commercial has the dog. It takes all its photos. One of the photos is Night Sight. And then at the end, it says Apple. And I literally, throughout the entire commercial, thought it was a commercial for the Pixel 4. <laughs> <laughs> Until the very end. And I was like, oh, yeah, these phones are essentially becoming the same, save for the operating system. Because <laughs> even even the yeah. look, if you've seen the leaks of the 4, I mean, it's getting all those cameras now. And it's getting the clean back and all that stuff. It's getting its face ID solution or whatever. Um, but it also seems to be following like what you're talking about, the idea of holding on to the hardware designs that you've spent all this time and all this money developing, and rather than just redoing that every year, focusing on the internals. Yeah, and Samsung does the same thing. Like the Galaxy S nine is basically the same design as the Galaxy S six. Uh and then they did a bigger update to it with the ten just because of the display. Mm-hmm. So it's not like Apple's the only one who does it. Like it, when you get to that top flagship tier, basically everyone's making the same kind of phone. If you want feature specific kinds of phones, there are weird Android phones out there for you, but they're also yeah. not very good. Like this phone's all about the speakers and it's like, oh, cool. Your camera's trash. <clears throat> or this phone folds in half. <laughs> and also it didn't work the last time we made it, but here it is again. <laughs> yeah. That's more so, yeah, of a big phone maker, the, I guess. <laughs> except for the tech segment of our movie podcast. I thought we were a culture podcast. <laughs> we're a culture podcast with a hint of movies um, and way more tech than you probably anticipated. But you know what? That's just the, uh, that's just the, the culture vacuum promise, if we're honest. Yeah. And we also course. have another service we provide, right? Culture Vacuum Plus? Huh? Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> I don't have yeah. any for Culture Vacuum Plus this week. You don't. I do. I have an announcement. Okay. I have an announcement, Sam, for Culture Vacuum What's Plus. What's your announcement for Culture Vacuum Plus? Uh, have you have have you ever wanted to get a haircut? Yes. Okay. So Culture Vacuum Plus, with every subscription now, will be including a uh, free haircut uh, with mail-in rebate. So as soon as you subscribe to Culture Vacuum Plus. You just go ahead and send in your mail-in rebate. We have a box waiting on uh, uh, the top of the Appalachian Mountains. Uh, there's actually a map of a trail on our website. So you just need to go ahead and fill out your mail-in rebate, deliver it to the top of that box, and you'll get a free haircut at Supreme Cuts. So that's the Culture Vacuum promise. <laughs> it's good to know. Yep. Um, if, if, if I get a bad haircut, will you mm-hmm. give me more money back or is it just free haircuts no no no. yeah so if you get a bad haircut you don't like it you get home you're like ah this doesn't work you just need to go ahead and print off um from our website uh another second mail-in rebate and then you actually need to head over to our everest mailbox so uh there's another trail for that too of course that is on our onion server so it's only available through our uh encrypted pathways you can go ahead and email me directly at my web zone uh i'll send you the uh the path for that 
And then once you get that trail, you just go ahead and get to the top of Everest, drop off your mail, and and uh, you may receive a new coupon for a new haircut within the next seven or, to nine years. Or even better, you won't. Even better, you won't. That's very true. If you think about it, we're, we're all about education here at Culture Vacuum Plus. So at the end of the day, you, some people need to learn that, that what, you, what you get is what you get, you know? <laughs> yeah. Isn't isn't this that how the cookie crumbles? Um, <laughs> it's how the cookie crumbles into my mouth, and I eat it off the floor. <laughs> I've seen Sam do it. He's not joking. <laughs> that was not a I'm metaphor. Just a <laughs> I'm not just going to waste a cookie. He's crumbled cookies in his mouth. I've seen them fall on the floor, and he does eat them. <laughs> Anyways, that's that's my uh, so this week, that's my announcement. <laughs> We only have time to talk about news. Last week we were going to talk about it too, along with uh, what did we talk about last week? <laughs> <laughs> Genuine blank. Carnival Row. <laughs> we were going to talk I about it too. Forgot and about Carnival, Carnival Row. Row. <laughs> no, not Philo. <laughs> That was such, and I was actually really positive about that one too. I liked it. Yeah. I was talking There's like I was gonna content. go watch it again. <laughs> I haven't we since we talked too. about it. I haven't touched Carnival Row. <laughs> Completely forgot. Not been yet. Stone Moss. <laughs> well, this isn't this isn't me saying not to watch it. Please, please do watch it. Uh, <laughs> It's it, pretty it is good. It is pretty good. <laughs> Having remembered it, it's pretty mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, now, that, now that I'm even thinking about it, I'm like, oh, how come I didn't go back and finish that? Yeah. We, yeah. So we were going to talk about it too, uh, but we ran. We went really long, and also it too is bad. Uh, so, <laughs> it too. Uh, and I'm sorry for making Calvin watch it, and he didn't tell me, but he didn't watch it one, which was the good <laughs> movie. No, I did not. I came in and and what I'll what I'll say this will be my small it two segment. Um, if you're if is it still in theaters right now? If if you're wanting to watch I, it too, um, I recommend watching it one first. It it doesn't really. It's not friendly if you if you don't know <laughs> if you don't go in knowing what's going on. It's not a very yeah, friendly like, film. <laughs> there's a lot, all the good stuff in the movie benefits from you seeing the first one. Like the the joke. There's a there's a running joke in the beginning of it when you you meet all of them as adults. Mm-hmm. The joke you're supposed to get is they've all forgotten their past, but these latent things linger and because they forgot this journey of that they went through when they were kids, they still have all these different hang-ups. So Beverly had an abusive father. In the first mm-hmm. movie, she learned to overcome her abusive father. However, because she forgot it, she falls into another abusive relationship. Uh, and then Bill. Wait, uh, that's supposed to be a, a joke. <laughs> that's not. It's not a joke. It's a character thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, one of them is a joke. Anyway, Bill. Uh, he has a crush on Beverly, and mm-hmm. they fall. In, they, they fall in love in the first movie, and then when he becomes an adult, he marries a woman who looks very much like Beverly, or uh, the uh, Eddie, the kid who he has all the the kid with the uh, all the diseases in the first movie his mother had a very controlling relationship over him uh mm-hmm. it was uh i forget munchausen's by proxy okay. where she kept 
making him think he was sick. Yeah. Uh, and be like, you need your medicine. You need this. You need that. All, you way, need don't all do these that things. to your kids. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't do that. So she, she had much. His mother had Munchausen's by proxy. In the first movie, he overcame it and said, fuck you, mom. Uh, mm-hmm. But because he forgot it, he marries a woman who is very controlling and also overweight, just like his mother. <laughs> so you're supposed to, like, watch the movie and be like, ah, metaphor. But Calvin, having not seen the first movie or read the book, has no idea why they're focusing so much on these people's spouses absolutely fucking not (laughs) there was there was so much like focus on these very specific things some of them i'm sure you haven't mentioned yet but there were clear points in the movie where i would sit there the camera would just be sitting just resting on one shot of something and i'm like there's something significant here (laughs) i'm supposed to be receiving something from this not happening Anyway, it too not a very good movie, and I'm glad we didn't talk about it at length. I should watch it one though. I liked I liked the I, <laughs> it one is very good. It's it's so good. Yeah, watching this one, I definitely understood why there was a sequel made. I just didn't enjoy it very much. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't either. Mm-hmm. So this week though, we're just gonna do news. Uh, and, and, and the news, oh boy, it's mostly mm. about Kevin Feige. Just gonna, just gonna tell you now. There's a lot of Marvel news. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you believe wow. it? Wow. There's, the is there Star Wars the news this money. week? Are we going to get the trifecta? <laughs> it's, we, Calvin, Calvin, we yeah. have Marvel and Star Wars news at the oh. same time. Oh, you know how I love Star Wars news. <laughs> I love Star Wars. More of the Star Wars news. I can't wait to um Jedi. <laughs> so, Kevin Feige, the yes. director, the producer extraordinaire, mm. mathematically the most successful producer of all time. Wow, wow. really? Is that like confirmed? No, his movies have made about 20 billion dollars. So, oh, Christ. Yeah. Uh, no and this was the producer. dude who worked on, like, the X-Men series from memory. I'm pretty sure he worked on Blade. <laughs> yeah, I know. If you add in the movies he produced before the MCU, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. But just the MCU alone, $20 billion plus. Oh, yeah. Anyway. He, um, he, uh, he made a lot of good choices very early. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Feige... Uh, well, we're going to get to the other thing later, but Kevin Feige is producing a Star Wars movie now. He had a story. He pitched it to Kathleen Kennedy, who was the head of Lucasfilm and Star Wars, and okay. they're going to make it happen. Don't know when the movie's going to come out. Don't know what it's about. Don't know Fuck. what anything. <laughs> we just know that Marvel Man is in charge of it. So if he if he made what he he came to them with a story, then he had something ready already. Yeah, he, yeah, he had a pitch and he gave it to them, but obviously they're not going to tell you what the pitch is because that would spoil it. It's probably not like if, I would imagine if he's just working on a script and they're doing their own thing, it's probably not going to be like a, a main a, a main path story, right? It's not one of the episodes, probably. It would be Again, like uh, no idea, no idea. Okay, couldn't, literally just couldn't like, begin to tell you. Okay. It could be Knights of the Old Republic. It could be a completely original idea. Uh, no clue. And wow. we just know he's involved. <clears throat> so I think they're, <laughs> it sounds to me like they're of the, the mindset that the Star Wars brand is so fucking toxic 
<laughs> right now. People are just not... I mean, I'm not even going to talk about um, the films in terms of what I believe their quality to be, because that doesn't seem to matter anymore. It, 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 it's, it, it just seems to be like people are either happy or unhappy with the direction that things are heading in, which it used to be that everyone was real psyched about Star Wars. And I can't help yeah. that feel that this is a little bit of a, like, we don't like the Sonic design reaction, where they're just like, well, let's grab the guy that we know everyone already likes. <laughs> yeah, you have a story? It's, it's Good. A bit... Make our thing. My thing with Star Wars is, like, uh, people feel <laughs> that a thing that they felt they owned was taken away from them, mm-hmm. and and taken out of their control. Uh, and there was initial excitement because Marvel has been doing quite well because they do have a visionary in helming it. Uh, yeah. But Star Wars has always been weird because George Lucas made these three movies. Uh, if he made these three movies back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And then he he gets to make these prequels, which are his entirely from his <clears throat> brain. And they're these weird political dramas that are... <laughs> On paper, interesting, but in practice, extraordinarily boring. I, this is going to be a very um, what's the word? This is you. You may not agree with me. I think they're some of the the most interesting. Uh, they, they fall into that realm of movies that I personally like to watch when I see bad decisions made and they're made so aggressively. <laughs> and you're like, why was someone so convinced that this would work? So if you're interested yeah, like, in that, I recommend them for that. In, in terms of tone, um, not necessarily theme, all Star Wars movies are basically about fighting fascism yeah, uh, to some degree. But in terms of just tone, uh, story matter, character choices, the prequels are very different from the original trilogy. And I can see why someone could find appreciation in them. They're not Acting. movies. <laughs> they're not movies I would call good. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination, no. But <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't call these good movies. <laughs> yeah, not but like <laughs> when you're looking when you're looking for similarities. Part of the reason I feel people liked The Force Awakens was mm-hmm. because it was a safe, generic Star Wars in a lab. And if you want Star Wars in a lab, it's a great source of it. It has all the things you love, and they don't change too much to make you angry. That's ex- uh, by the way, it was like the. And and at the time, I remember it being so amazing how well it did critically, right? The hype for it was so high. It did well, really. I mean, it sold so many tickets. It may not have been, like, a perfect film by any standards, but people reacted really positively to it. But when I watched it, and this is coming from someone who isn't a Star Wars fan, the first idea you get in your head is, you're exactly right, it felt so safe. Like, in, if, if it didn't have the Star Wars name attached to it, it, in my opinion, would have been one of the most bland sci-fi films I'd ever seen. With very good yeah. special effects, but not really anything wholly unique going on about it. A lot of the successes it, in that movie, in my opinion, came from the fact that you were bringing in stars people recognized, you were alluding to things. It was, <clears throat> for me, it was very much like watching It too, <laughs> a little yeah. bit. And here's the thing. I, I shit on The Force Awakens a lot. It's definitely my least... It's, it's probably my... There's been four Disney Star Wars movies. It's I don't like the spin-off movies at all, so it's my second favorite, but like the gap between it and Last Jedi is actually very large. Mm-hmm. Uh but The Force Awakens by itself, like if you want to make a, a a remake of A New Hope, 
completely fine. My issues with it are not that. My issues with it are J.J. Abrams made it, and because J.J. Abrams made it, he seeded it with a bunch of just very dumb mystery boxes that he was like – because the original plan was he wasn't going to make any more movies. It was no. him, Ryan Johnson, and then Colin Trevorrow was going to make episode nine for some reason. Because and then <clears> Disney <throat> realized that Colin Trevorrow is a hack and fired him, which is a good call. <laughs> but <laughs> they always plan things out so far in advance. And then I, I get the planning aspect. I don't understand what is with these companies. Well, you know what I do when they release to the public. Hey. Here's what's happening, and here's what's happening for the yeah. next fucking ten years or however long, and it yeah, will so be you, these people. When, but, and it's not like Marvel doesn't do this, but when Marvel does a big tease, they don't really. Everyone was like, "Tell us more about Thanos. Tell us more about Thanos." Every single movie, basically. Yeah. And the movies didn't. And in hindsight, though, that was a brilliant decision that yeah. Feige did. Basically, all of Thanos's character development in Infinity War. That was a brilliant choice because instead you could have what J.J. did where Snoke has lots of character development, yet he's shrouded in mystery. Mm -hmm. uh, Ray's parentage has lots of information surrounding it, yet it's <coughs> surrounded in mystery. And when you set all these different things up, you're damning yourself. Like, remember back at our Captain Marvel uh, conversation where we were like, how cool would it have been if – Nick, if we had seen Nick Fury's pager in every Avengers movie and we wondered what it was and yes. then finally he brings it out in hindsight. Yes, that's very that would have been cool. But mm -hmm. in practice, it probably would have been. Oh, it probably would have been something that they set up and it doesn't pay off as well. Like we finally oh. see what if we finally see the Captain Marvel logo and we're like, really, it's just Captain Marvel. Okay. <laughs> it would have been I mean? it, it would have felt so overhyped like if you're gonna carry this whole thing and make it be really major it has to be something of substance and even more so it it doesn't really make sense to do it in in that way but i mean focusing yeah. more on the actual movie itself <clears throat> i think i get what you mean by them having a, a bit too much development of the characters very early on when we were initially yeah. shown Thanos at the end of, I think it was Avengers, was the first time we saw him yeah. in the uh, end credit scene or something. It's his face. You're you're meant to a point to eventually put the you know two and three together and learn either through the internet or maybe you're a comic book fan that that is Thanos. But the idea is yeah. then is that everything leading up to that is about understanding where this character is going to need to be for their final confrontation. You know it's going to be this yeah. character. It doesn't make sense to limit yourself to very specific, you know, character traits or very specific story elements. Or maybe he has these people around him they need to carry over for every single film. You need to make the films that get to that point, take in what you've learned from those films, what you're getting from the audience, and then use that to infer where you're eventually going to lead the character when they do appear again. So that when they do appear, they have all of that experience from what you've learned and they don't have any of the baggage from things you've given them. Yeah, better tell me Thanos is coming and then just remind me periodically. And we were only reminded, like, twice. Uh, yeah. We were reminded at uh, Guardians and uh, Age of Ultron. But during those it. times, it wasn't like we were – it wasn't like we were showing him and he stood up and he had a huge speech and then he killed someone and he felt bad about it. And then he, like, got a phone call from his mom <laughs> or something. You know, yeah. it was just like, oh, he's there. <laughs> That's or it. if – yeah, or if, like, uh, the entire time we don't know it's Thanos, and it's like, 
ah, yes, the man. Oh, yes, the creature in black. And it was like, who's the creature in black? Who's the oh. creature in black? <laughs> who's Here's the man wearing the 30, hat at the, at the end of the Amazing Spider-Man series? Of thi- 30 things you missed to show who the creature in black is. And then finally, the creature in black is Thanos. That would have been dumb. <laughs> what what <laughs> that, J.J. Yeah. did in that first Star Wars movie, which otherwise, take the mystery box out of it, is a passable, very entertaining movie. Yeah. What all of that did, it damned Ryan Johnson. And what mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson decided to do in The Last Jedi, which I don't think is a perfect movie. I like it a lot more than The Force Awakens, and I will fight anyone who wants to convince me I don't. Oh, I absolutely but, agree. It's way more interesting yeah. to watch. But what what Ryan did in that movie, aside from telling a very compelling story about loss and accepting the acceptance of failure, mm-hmm. and which is also what Empire Strikes Back is about, like it's not some deep, incredible character study star wars isn't that complicated but what ryan also did he completely tore down he blew up every single one of jj's mystery boxes and i would say rightfully so because if ryan didn't blow up all the mystery boxes jj who's making episode nine would have to be the one to resolve them and jj abrams didn't know what was in that box when he made them he just made the box because <laughs> some other guy was going to take care of it <laughs> yeah hey Colin put something Trevorrow. in this <laughs> Yeah, no. Um I mean absolutely. And I think I the I, I think the decision to start out with JJ Abrams was probably highly influenced by the fact that he was the showrunner for what was it, the first two Star Treks, right? Well, no, um, so he well he directed the first two Star Trek movies, he was in charge of Lost, and then he left Lost to make uh Mission Impossible. Right? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think that's the timeline. Yeah. So he was on Lost, uh he did Alias and then he Super did Mission Impossible. Well, he, he, he did Mission Impossible, and then he did Super 8 after that. And, yeah, and then I think he did Star Trek. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I, I see the motivation to get him on. I definitely think... I, I You're right. I think if you... There are three portions to, uh, to, the, to the Star Wars The Force Awakens, in my opinion. Um, there's the movie itself. There's the nostalgic piece. And then there's those mystery boxes you're talking about. And we really didn't need that third portion. And it kind of made the movie too dense, in my opinion. I think yeah. it was too long, yeah, like, too overblown, too much going on. It could have had a harder focus on the nostalgia, which is going to get you that money, get you that interest, and then the story itself, which is going to get you the newcomers like me, who have never seen the series. Yeah. No, Luke, I Am Your Father was not impactful because Obi-Wan was like, I can't tell you about your father. No, it was because Obi-Wan told this. We knew Luke's dad was a Jedi Knight. Jedi Knights can use the Force, and that's why Luke can use the Force. And that's all we needed to know. And then it is then revealed Star- Empire answered a question we didn't even know to ask. I would kill to have been alive when that movie came out, just to experience that shock with the rest of the world. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And then <clears throat> there's a different. Where the Force Awakens points at everything and says, oh, "I bet you want to know what this is." Fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Like, even if you're someone who, like, let's say they were pointing at like a a carbonite thing or whatever, and I, I guess that's some. I mean, I don't know Star Wars that well. That's some reference to Han Solo, I presume. I think he was stuck in it at one point or something. But let's say they pointed at yes. it and they're like, "Guess who's in there?" That I mean, that that's putting a middle finger to the people who of nostalgia who are hoping it's maybe it's somehow related to Han Solo. 
and the people who are coming in as newcomers who don't know what the hell's in there but might be interested now and they're just not going to see. <laughs> that's yeah. that's essentially what it felt like. Was a movie so of what Yeah. What I'm saying is uh The Last Jedi is the best Star Wars movie and I'm glad Kevin mm-hmm. Feige who agrees with me. I don't know if he agrees with me. Uh and I'm glad <laughs> Kevin Feige is making a Star Wars now because I think he can bring some order to this, I don't think Star Wars is something you should try to build a grand mystery off of. I think you should just try to make movies set in a literal infinite galaxy. And yeah. I hope that's the take. Because fi- comics are something where you build to big story arcs and with lots of mysteries and hidden details. And history. They lend themselves, and, yeah. they lend themselves to it. Where Star Wars is not really that. And I think Kevin Feige, who loves Star Wars, I think he understands that. So I'm hoping his outline is just an original story <clears throat> set in, again, an infinite galaxy where you can do anything you want. Why are we focusing on the same five years before A New Hope for some reason? Go yeah. a million years in the future or a million years in the past. It doesn't matter. That's been my biggest problem with the Star Wars series, I think, since since I first saw the scrolling text at the beginning that said, it's like, in a what is it, a galaxy far, far away, a, a something like that, a time long ago, a galaxy far, far away, that sort of thing. It's ridiculous, in my opinion, to have the beginning of your movie be time long ago, galaxy far, far away. Essentially, the idea is that, that it's vague, right? This is at some point in time, somewhere that's not near you, you're probably not going to know what's going on. And then we just see the same shit <laughs> every single movie. It's the same timeline. It's the same people. It's the same arguments. And that's why I'm excited. That's why I'm excited for Mandalorian. It's in a. It's in the timeline we haven't seen yet, which is just after Episode Six. I'd still like it to be like before the prequels, which mm-hmm. apparently you can't do. Whatever. I would love it if the Mandalorian looks like we have an infinite galaxy at our disposal. Let's mm-hmm. tell this story about this character. And what they did. And that's and why I'm very in excited for it. Yeah, and I'm very excited to watch The Mandalorian. Coming yeah. to Disney Plus November 1st. Or sorry, November 12th. Shit, I gotta get Disney Plus, don't I? How's that? So I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Apple Plus from my fucking iPad purchase. Uh I've decided what I've decided in is Oh, so my internet is gonna be improved on October. I'm done talking about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about myself and my personal life, and you're listening to it because this is our podcast. Um but when my internet improves, that's going to be towards the end of October. So that's when I'm going to get the iPad. I'll get Apple Plus. I'll get uh, all those emotional movies or whatever that they seem to be making and TV shows. But I are we going to need to are we going to start reviewing Disney Plus stuff too? I think we will, <laughs> and I know I'm getting a, my dad's probably going to get it because he likes Star Wars. So you know, I can give you a profile. I I <laughs> well, that's that's how I'll watch my Disney content then. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, other big piece of news. This is the big one. Same I company. Need, I didn't. I didn't go back to it, but I'm almost certain when Spider-Man left the MCU, mm-hmm. I said they would come back to the table and settle for 25. percent You probably did. <laughs> I said between 20 and 30 percent. I don't know which. I know I gave a definite number. I just need to see what I said. But mm-hmm. I definitely hit the ballpark that they were going to land at. But Spider-Man yeah. is back in the MCU uh, for now, and when I'll was explain he, why. Wait, when was it announced that he was leaving? Wasn't that, like, fucking two weeks ago? It was, like, a month ago. Oh, shit, has it been that long? <laughs> yeah. This news, I felt like I heard he was leaving, and then, like, a week later, heard he was back for good. Before before yeah, I was, even had the announced... time to completely process the emotions. 
it was announced around August, around late August, so it's been okay. about a month. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to break this deal down because it doesn't make any sense to me unless okay. – and we'll get – so the new deal is Disney gets – they're going to make one more Spider-Man standalone film. One Disney official, gets 25, yeah. Disney gets 25% of that. Also, Spider-Man will appear in one more uh, crossover. He will cross over into one more MCU film. And then that's the end of the deal. Spider-Man mm-hmm. 3 will come out July 16th, 2021. So in two years, we're going to have to do this dance again. However, <laughs> my theory is okay. either either right now this is just a, a Band-Aid deal where they're, they're, they want to do something else, but this is what they can work out right now. So they'll come back in a year and try to work out a new deal. Mm-hmm. Or, or so, yeah, so there's three possibilities, sorry. Uh, second, this is the end of Spider-Man's time in the MCU. That crossover film will phase Peter Parker out somehow. Either he will die or, uh, he will just say he'll officially retire and he'll commit to being friendly neighborhood Spider-Man forever. Yeah. Something like that. They will find a way to get him out. And the intention is two more movies and we're done. Or third, Marvel doesn't want to make Spider-Man solo films anymore uh, for reasons I'll outline later. And their goal is to renegotiate a new deal where they uh, only make ha- only use Spider-Man as a crossover character like Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And they pay Sony a flat fee or a flat percentage every time they want to use him. Huh. I if you If you pay attention to what I said, I didn't say – that new deal will include more Spider-Man solo films. I don't think Disney, even if they get 25%, they don't – Kevin Feige's time, as we said before, he's the most profitable producer ever. Yeah. Kevin Feige's time is the most valuable asset at Disney right now. Every mm-hmm. minute he works can be can be multiplied out to a chart to sh- for something they can show to their shareholders. Mm-hmm. They don't want him dedicating his valuable time – to making movies they only get a 25% cut of. Yes. Yeah. For... That, and that does make sense. I think... Yeah. I, even if even if Spider-Man 3 makes $1.5 billion, which, you know, who wouldn't want to make that much money? Mm-hmm. Even if Spider-Man 3 makes $1.5 billion, which is conceivable, uh, 25% of that's only about $375 million, which is great. You get that <clears> money. <throat> but... You could also you could have also made Doctor Strange three or Thor five or Black Panther three. Yeah, with that time that Kevin spent working on that movie. And people are going to be probably um, bringing up. I mean, when you say that, people will probably bring up the benefits of like, oh, well, you know, maybe they're not making so much money, but at least they're they're keeping like a super favorable character. You know, they're keeping the audiences happy. But this isn't like an Apple situation where they just have a ton of money, anyways sitting around i mean with disney they're jumping into this disney plus thing i think they're gonna want ventures uh speaking specifically about like theatrical releases that are just economically uh positive and in the best way that they can be to fund what they're doing their excursions into the streaming services and then have the risks there so that they can you know still find their footing and that's and that's also feige's time he if he needs Disney's like, hey, we need Marvel shows on Disney Plus so that people will stay subscribed. Yeah. Why are we spending 
why are we dedicating a portion of Kevin's attention to a movie we only get a 25% stake of when he could spend that time developing a new show for us? Yeah. As much as we so, want to believe this is like a character thing, they're not when when they think about when they're talking about these Spider-Man deals, they're not thinking for a second about Spider-Man as a character. They're thinking about, okay, where are we positioning ourselves? We've just finished this arc with all of our Marvel characters. What's the Marvel brand looking like? These are this is the perspective they're coming at, essentially. Yeah, Spider-Man is a valuable asset, and Disney knows there's a ton of benefit to him being in their movies for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I think I think it's favorable to them if Spider-Man's a guy they can throw around and just know it will cost us $20 million. Well, probably more than that. It will cost us <clears throat> X number of million dollars anytime we want to use Spider-Man on top of whatever Tom Holland's salary is. Mm-hmm. And we know we will get way we will get that back in spades in box office returns and it will be more money than we would get by just taking a 25% cut of a Sony movie that Kevin has to dedicate his time to. Exactly. I, I think if the deal renews, there will not be another Spider-Man solo film. And if it is, it will only be one just like this one. They'll do four movies for Sony and that's it because Feige's time at Marvel is probably running out and mm-hmm. he'll do something else within Disney. I think he and Kathleen Kennedy might move up to co-chairs of the studio where Kathleen, she's not really a creative producer. She's a very practical producer where you give her a script. She's like, I'm going to find the best director for this. I'm going to make sure this movie gets made. Mm-hmm. Feige is a creative producer. He's the guy who comes up with that story and yeah. manages and makes sure – He's the guy who comes up with that story and manages the story of the universe. And I think you can combine both. If you put both of them in charge of the Disney studios when Alan Horn retires, you're going to see enormous benefits across the entire studio's output. Or maybe even Kevin will have good ideas for the live action remakes. So looking at all these shifts that like they're they're going into. um, So they're focusing on what's going to happen with Marvel, right? That's going to be heavily influenced a little, I, w- I would say quite a bit, by what their ventures are going to be into the streaming platforms. With what Marvel was before, which was this uh, yearly you know, slate of films that were eating up <laughs> all the box office dollars, and not only that, were being pretty critically well-received, had fans that were interested... Even the their worst Marvel films had people who were, you know, psyched about the characters and happy to go see them. Um, but they were all kind of led at the beginning by Tony Stark, um, Iron Man's character who's now gone. And I feel like they were heavily intending uh, Spider-Man to fulfill that role. Now, obviously, yeah. regardless of which option they choose, I don't believe Spider-Man is going to have the flexibility to do that anymore. You know, even if he does end up staying on board. He just—it's not like they can make a Spider-Man film in as often as they were making Iron Man films or have him show up as often. Because unlike Iron Man, they're going to have to pay a fee regardless for any you know visualization of that character. So I wonder if they're expecting to have a new character fill that role so they can keep up having this sort of mascot taking Marvel into their next arc. What do you think? It—it it depends. Like they—they they want Captain Marvel to have a more prominent role. Uh, we'll see what comes out of Eternals, Shang-Chi. They have mm-hmm. a lot lined up. Oh, that was the other thing I forgot to mention. There's going to be four MCU films in 2021 now. Ooh, that's... it's Wow, was that yeah, the first time that's lot. happened? Yes, they capped it at three. So the first time Spider-Man came to the MCU, they bumped Black Panther to February mm-hmm. and put Spider-Man in that summer slot. Smart choice. So, 
Yeah. Now, uh, 2021, you're going to see Shang-Chi, Doctor Strange 2, Spider-Man, and then Thor 3, Thor 4. Wow. All movies I'm yeah. very interested in, except for Doctor Strange 2. <laughs> and you're also getting the TV shows, uh, WandaVision and Hawkeye, I think. That's so. It. Oh my gosh, we are getting. Yeah. You you're gonna turn a street. You can't turn a street corner without bumping into Marvel these days. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they might move some of those around. Like they might bump Doctor Strange because both Doctor Strange and Sp- Doctor Strange Two and Spider Man are the closest to each other. Mm-hmm. So and Thor has a history of doing very well in November because that's where that's where Ragnarok came out. Mm-hmm. I think Doctor Strange might get bumped up. Might get bumped back into 2022. We don't know yet. Or, yeah, that's really the only thing I could see happening. Because Shang-Chi, they want to debut a new character to start mm-hmm. the year off. So, start the year off with Shang-Chi, then Spider-Man, then Thor. <clears throat> or they'll stick to their guns and keep and have four movies in one year and see how it goes. I think they'll be fine, but... So, is the way that Disney Plus working, you pay that fee and then you get all of Disney stuff, including all the Marvel shows that they're going to be having? Yeah, it's, well, it's like Netflix. You get all their original shows, and then when yeah. the movies are done in theaters, they come to the streaming service. Okay, once they complete in theaters, they get on no, streaming no, probably before Blu-ray and all that stuff, too. Actually, no, I'm, I'm wrong. It's it's theaters, Blu-ray, streaming, just like normal, but I think they're bringing them sooner. Sure. So uh, Avengers Endgame was going to be on Disney Plus uh, by December, and then I think infinity war will join it in january because mm-hmm. infinity war is on netflix until the end of the year gosh if i wish there was some way because i'm thinking about it now i would i i don't i don't see myself ever paying a flat fee for disney just because i'm not i mean even even looking at their catalog i've never been a huge fan of like everything they've made and, and wanted to go out and be able to see these things all the time but i would totally be someone who would pay for like a marvel tier kind of lower price okay do you want just the marvel shit pay this amount and then you get your own little url and your own app and all that stuff maybe down three dollars three dollars for marvel i don't think i don't see them doing that ah, just, i know <laughs> it's all about the bundle because it's a service i know for, it's a service for parents so yeah i'm, I'm thinking it's a, you know what i'm thinking of i'm, I'm highly not, i'm thinking like verb thoughts where you get your crunchy roll rooster teeth all that stuff what do you want i just want these two okay I would totally. I wish yeah. they would turn it into Verve. They're not doing that. But the thing, the problem with Verve is, if you buy more than one channel, it's more expensive than Verve Premium. So you, unless you only want Verve for a better Crunchyroll experience, <laughs> it's better to just buy the premium package. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe they'll do something anyway. like that then. Who knows? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Spider Man, he's back, baby. Are you uh, happy? What's the Are you movie? psyched? I'm I'm happy, but like I had come to terms that he was gonna stay gone. I made the calls like there's a chance he comes back, and they settle for twenty five percent. But uh, I don't really care that much. I'm glad he's still here. But I was also being like, hey, I'm sure Lord and Miller have some ideas for a live action Spider Man movie. Let them do oh, it. Yeah. That would have been kind of interesting. And when you think about it, yeah. I as much as we've been switching Spider Mans these years, I think we're also seeing that. A lot of benefit comes when Spider-Man is is kind of when Spider-Man is handled by very different types of people in very different ways. I'm not sure I yeah. want him as a character who's as static as Marvel likes him. 
I kind of like the idea that we have an Into the Spider-Verse Spider-Man and a Tom Holland Spider-Man and that we could have had maybe like, I don't know, a more gritty Spider-Man. We could have had an over-the-top anime one, but I guess we're going to be sticking with uh, Tom Holland for a while, which he's not bad. Don't get me wrong. He's very Marvel and Marvel is very good, but as long as we get Spider-Verse 2. Yeah, I mean, that's all I care about, right? <laughs> I mean, that's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Not from Marvel, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's in the so th- Yeah. I I definitely am excited that he's back. I'm glad we're going to get that one more movie with him. I'm glad we're getting the crossover film. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's what's it going to be story-wise? I don't give a shit. Like, we're never really story <laughs> speculators here. <laughs> it's just... Who gives a fuck what the story is, says Sam? There's only one company, and <laughs> I would mm-hmm. like it if there were more companies. And I wish Sony had not made the Amazing Spider-Man films, and we were getting good standalone Spider-Man movies. Imagine, imagine just for a second, if instead of making these Amazing Spider-Man films, they somehow—I don't know how—they somehow made Into the Spider-Verse instead. <laughs> but at the time yeah. that the Amazing films came out, that could have been—we might be living in a different world. <laughs> yeah, what if they canned? Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man and instead of doing the fucking terrible Andrew Garfield movies they're like <laughs> the future of Spider-Man is animated films and they do Spider-Verse incredible yeah. that would have been amazing I would oh my god and I would have been I mean I honestly I think I was a little bit too old to be watching into the Spider-Verse I wish I could have been a kid if I had been a kid watching that oh I would have been so happy <laughs> oh, like yeah. I, I was plenty don't worry don't I mean I, I enjoyed it plenty but I, I am jealous of those, like, kids who got to show up to the theater and they're all psyched and they're throwing soda all over the fucking place and, you know. Uh, next week is Joker for episode 50. Ooh, Joaquin Phoenix. Yes. Joker. Uh, I saw I an article today jo- that said, uh, what was it? The, the title was like, the Joker is a lot uh, sadder than most people thought it was. What did people think it was going to be? <laughs> did people... <laughs> Was it? I, I wonder if like this article was written by someone who'd never heard of DC Comics, and so they went to the theater and they're like, "Oh my God, Joker! Yeah, I've been wanting to see a comedy. Wow, this is very." Dark. I like jokes. I like those. <laughs> this is a lo- this is is this a dark comedy? It's not a dark comedy. This is just sad and depressing. <laughs> is this is this character evil? Is this is this an evil character? <laughs> is he a bad guy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm confused. I'm going to write an article about it. <laughs> anyway, we're seeing Joker next week. Uh, potentially, Michael will be on to talk about it with us. Ooh, that'll be a fun time. I, I like yes, our uh, I like our three-person podcasts. They go so well. Yeah. <laughs> so unabashedly well. So we're we're doing that. We're doing that next week, baby. Come see oh, Joker. Maybe get... there will be more Spider- Maybe Spider-Man will be out of the MCU next week. Who knows? Oh, but, right? Maybe he'll be out, and maybe maybe fucking uh, what's his name? Who played Ben Affleck will finally be directing the new Batman film. <laughs> maybe he's doing it again. <laughs> maybe we'll. I think you know personally. I think it's rude that when Jonah Hill was cast in Batman, everyone assumed he was the Penguin. <laughs> that is that is a little so. <laughs> Was it like I, I like to imagine he he went to his family first and he was like, "Guys, I'm so psyched! I got cast in the new Batman film." And all of his family were like, "Oh, I can't wait to see you as the Penguin, right? That's who you are. I mean, you're fat enough." 
He's not even fat anymore. He's in pretty good shape. He's not. He's really not. <laughs> yeah. You, you've seen him recently. He's been putting in the work, but man, and you know what? You know what it is when you when you cement yourself in Twenty One Jump Street in a super positive way. That's just how people are gonna see you for a while. <laughs> it's unfortunate, but it's the truth. My name Jeff. <laughs> Sorry. Thought your name was I, Sam. <laughs> I've I've now retired from the Joker. I am no longer Joker. He he he. You aren't. <laughs> you know who the real you know who the real Joker is though, Calvin? Poverty? Society. Oh, okay. I was close then. <laughs> so anyway, uh watch the Joker. Uh I'm going to watch the Joker even though my t- county in Texas was the one that the military issued that shooting warning for. So <laughs> we have shooting warnings now? That's kind of cool. Yeah. Do yeah, they the come to your phone? The military <laughs> issued a shooting warning that said, uh, in my t- county in Texas, mm-hmm. there was a threat for an unknown movie theater to get shot at a Joker screening. <laughs> oh, boy. Can't wait to go to the Joker. You know, I get those too, Sam. Sometimes my phone says in, in about 30 minutes there might be some moderate rain. So I'm a little bit, you know, I get the whole warning system. I get those too. Yeah. There's going to be a sprinkle. Maybe if there's a tornado warning, high winds shooting you know <laughs> just just the normal stuff <laughs> do they we'll do it on the forecast we'll... is the weatherman like there's going to be a 30 percent chance of shootings in in this vicinity we've been moderating 8chan and uh we think there's going to be another one uh okay well guys this this has been another week in this fantastic trip that we call uh living life on this planet <laughs> Yeah, and uh, if, if there isn't a podcast next week, you mm-hmm. know what happened to me. It was either a shooting or a nuclear war, one of the two. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. If there's a scheduling conflict, I have at least two <laughs> guests. So there will definitely be a podcast next week unless I die at a Joker shooting. So, In yep. which case, I'll do the podcast with Michael. <laughs> they do not have the passwords to the accounts. Nope. It would just be a podcast for no one. We're, what's going to happen is you're going to come back in 10 years and have just a bunch of USB sticks from all the podcasts me and Michael did while you were fucking dead. <laughs> have fun at Joker. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I've been Calvin. I've been Samuel. And we will. I didn't want to close it out. You close it out. You're the host. You close it out. I don't want to do this. <laughs> Bye. Ha ha ha. I am. The, ah, I am ah, the Joker. He he he. I'm Mandark. Ha 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 ha. ha.